The Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're brought to you by the Sports Gaming Podcast Patreon. The guys just dropped their bonus behind-the-scenes episode of Sean winning $200,000. Plus, this week's pick and prize is a free $250 Super Bowl square. Go to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash Patreon to join today. Hello and welcome to the Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryan Gilbert, and joining me tonight is my co-host, Joel Meyer. How are you doing tonight, Joel? How how, how was your uh, week off here? Relaxing, laid back, which is just what I needed. Um, yeah, let's go back to last weekend. I promised, uh, or I gave an over/under of, of ten and a half hours of, of sleep I'd get between uh, <laughs> Friday and Monday's show. Well, we didn't record until now, so obviously the over hit, but it was pretty close. It was ten and a half. I, I think I got, I got, I think I got eleven in the end. Um, so yeah, we recorded the show, stayed up to watch the 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 Aussie Open between uh, Shinwin Zhang and um, uh, Lena Rubakina, or rather uh, Sabalenka. And that that was a waste of time. I mean, just Sabalenka was was totally dominant. Just just straight sets, easy win for her. Um, so I was pissed off about that. Went to a friend's house party, stayed there for a few hours, and uh, caught a couple hours of sleep. I woke up early on Saturday just to bet the salami, and then I almost went back to sleep to have a nap because I knew it'd be up forever. But that didn't work. Uh, so yeah, full full slate of hockey. Watch some golf. Um, so Saturday was the final round there. Then what else happened? Yeah. The, Hockey was good. Stayed up again to watch the men's side of this Aussie Open. Uh, Yannick Sinner, my guy, he came through. Down two sets to love against uh, – um, man, it's been so long. I'm, I'm blanking on what happened. But uh, Dmitry Medvedev, uh, Medvedev was, was playing. like He played a full 24 hours on court, uh, which is the longest ever at an Aussie Open at any Grand Slam, actually. So, obviously, he, he ran out of gas. And he he lost uh, in the end in five sets. That was that was epic. I, I was I was thrilled. Not not like uh, Alcaraz, Djokovic in terms of quality, but uh, in terms of the intensity and and, and um, yeah, just just the thrill of coming back from two sets love down was was amazing. Um, so yeah, I was I was, I was high there. Uh, I, still up. I, I made it to mass. I made it to mass. Did not take oh, nice. it. I was obviously not in a state of grace, but. Uh, yeah, and then I went to the park, met some ducks, get a good good friends. At the we saw that park. in the Discord. Yeah, more more reason I to did. get into the Discord. Yes, I was updating people as as my my weekend went on, and then uh, football. Man, football was was stressful as fuck. Chiefs won, big surprise there. That sucked. Um, and then and then uh, the Niners. I thought that was gonna go zero for two on the big bets. Uh, I was pissed off. Left halfway through the game. Left left the bar and. You know, I got home like shortly after halftime, and, and just in time to watch the uh, the Niners complete like a, a, a fourteen point comeback, seventeen point comeback in like the space of two minutes. So that was insane. And then they held on to win, and I mean thirty four, thirty one, I believe. So yeah, Niners stay alive. Won the NFC bets at least. Chiefs are inevitable. That sucked, but uh, great weekend, great weekend. And it basically took most of the week off from from drinking, from everything else, and including betting. But uh, we're we're back in it now. So let's get at her. All right, yeah. How was your week? Uh, enough about mine. Yeah, it was. It was a good, good relaxer. It was good, good to not, you know. I, I like talking to you guys, but it's nice to have, you know, not worry about hockey too much. The games that that did go on were, were kind of shitty, and the teams that I I would have bet bigger on didn't didn't do well. So uh, it's a good thing I I uh, kind of stayed away, and we didn't do a show because I probably would have talked myself into betting some more. But yeah, good, good, good relaxing week. Good to see the uh, the Flyers needed this bye week as well. That that last Saturday. Feels like a month ago now when the the Bruins scored like four goals in like two minutes in the third period uh, to continue that streak. But yeah, the week's been week's been good. Been uh, been very relaxing. Been been good to you know just kind of reset here for the All Star break. 
good night tonight in the skills competition. Hit on McDavid, fastest skater, McDavid, accuracy shooting, set plus 750. Missed out on, on Pedersen uh, for the hardest shot, but I, I had to take the the reigning champion at two to one or better there. So another year, another skills competition profitable for me. I'm going to miss it next year with this new, uh, this new four nations tournament. And then the, the following year too, with the, uh, the Olympics, which we'll get into, but yeah, a, a big week for hockey. You know, there's been really not too many games and not too much to talk about until then. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll get into that, but you could thank uh, Jimmy Rutherford for, for uh, getting things going already. It feels like the trade deadline, almost the way that he's, he's set things up. But yeah. I, I definitely will not miss the, the all-star event weekend I, I i tried to watch a bit of the draft last night uh, it was embarrassing oh. that's the most cringeworthy thing i've ever seen <laughs> i was like oh the draft should be cool or whatever oh, oh my goodness nobody was excited the, the, the hosts were like fake excited um they tried their best i guess but they sucked anyway and yeah the the, the, the celebrities they all sucked justin bieber but he just, he just kept sitting down on the, on the, yeah, he, what the hell he was doing and uh, the, the, the chick, she uh, she just called players' names. Buble was all right. I guess he was the best. Will Arnett, uh, man, he was so funny in the rest of development, but he uh, is just nothing since then really amuses me. So, yeah, that was a big, big miss all around. Well, around. I never saw any of the, uh, you know, the skills competition or anything, and I'm probably not going to watch any of the, the, the game tomorrow. Yeah, the, the the best thing about the draft was the players getting drunk and like just joking around on the stage with each other, and they 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 ruined that by first of all putting them all on the ice so they, they couldn't drink or anything. I mean, and yeah, Big Dave was awful. I mean, the best part of it was was Michael Bublé after after the fact uh, saying that he was on mushrooms the whole time. He felt like it was in, he was in Blades of Glory out there. So that, was, <laughs> that, that makes was sense. The, <laughs> that was the highlight of of the draft for for most people and the headline to come out of it. And also, it wasn't fun because it seemed like like the captains had deals with each other so they wouldn't draft like their own teammates like like i think brock besser didn't get taken to like the sixth or seventh or eighth round like come on that's jt jt miller like the second last one i think yeah yes yeah so yeah the draft draft was a big bust and yeah the, the announcers the hosts they just try to play like caricatures of themselves or what they think like a hockey announcer is and it just, it just does not work whatsoever bigness yeah. All right. Before we get into this more, make sure you are subscribed to the Hockey Given Podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. That leaves a five-star rating and review, and I'll read it at the end of the show. Follow us on Twitter at HockeySGPN and get in the Discord, SG.PN slash Discord. Uh, always a good time in there. Or you can reach out to myself or Talon or the HTTP Twitter account, and we will point you in the right direction. Interesting comment here on YouTube from, from Catfish saying, Joel, you're a JT Miller doppelganger here tonight with the, the you know, stubble. You got, you got the you got the beanie on. I don't know. I, I'm looking at J, let's look up picture of JT Miller right now. Don't quite have the mustache. JT Miller goes more mustache, but you know, you, you can I, get there. Yeah, I guess, but I, I prefer my other Canuck resemblance with uh, Kevin BX. I think that that's closer mm. to it, especially when I got the comb over going and not this, this dumb two kind of my messy ass hair. Uh, I, I do see that more the uh, the Kevin Biasco. I, I do like that too because he, he he's one of the one of the best uh, commentators on that panel. So it definitely Ooh, definitely yeah. fits well. Um, all right, yeah, we mentioned those trades happen. Let's just get right into it here. Uh, on Wednesday night, I believe it came out that the Canucks were working towards trading for Elias Lindholm from the Flames. Ended up getting him for Andre Kuzmenko, two AHL prospects, and the first round pick this year, a conditional fourth round pick. That moves up to the third round if Canucks make the Western Conference final. Joel, I just want to go through your, your thought process when you heard this go down as a fan, as someone who has a 150 to one president's trophy bet, as as all someone, you know, very invested both emotionally and uh, financially. Yeah, I guess I am a fan these days. So that's what money can do. Um, yeah, I've been just I've digested so much uh, content on this trade in the past two days. It's it's hard to separate my own thoughts from what I've heard, but uh, yeah, the, the initial reaction was, was fucking, fucking right. Excellent. Uh, this is just what the Canucks needed. Uh, somebody to, to man the second line uh, because it was really the third line. It was a de, de, de facto second line with Bluger, Joshua and Garland who are playing so excellently and getting more ice time than the, uh, you know, the, 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 I don't know, hodgepodge second line, but now you, you can put, um, uh, Patterson with Lindholm and Lindholm we know from his time in Calgary uh with Kuberto or uh, rather with Gaudreau and Kachuk how how much uh he elevated those players and was elevated by them and I think the hope is that he can do the same thing with Patterson we saw how great Patterson was when put together with Besser 
and Miller. Um, but the problem is that the the second line really really dropped off after that, and you know, the auto line kind of uh, it, it, had a, it had a strong start, it had a flashy start, but the uh, the five and five numbers in terms of, of controlling play wasn't exactly ideal. But this way, you you can have a Besser and Miller together; they they are excellent, and and hope Lindholm and Pedersen work as well as uh, you know Kachuk, Lindholm, and Goudreau did. And uh, yeah, you, you're 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 cooking with gas there with, with those two lines up top, and that the excellent third line. Uh, this is this is really um, uh, like uh, in theory, it, it should be like uh, the final piece to the puzzle. Like, uh, it really brings the whole the whole uh, thing together, right? Um, the also also hope was the, to get Tanev in the deal. I think the the uh, uh, Rutherford and Alvin were pushing for him, but the Flames want too much for now. For now, I think that they'll be going back at it later on because um, the Flames do think that they have. Uh, you know some leverage there with maybe the best available defenseman before the trade deadline um so yeah we'll, we'll see what transpires there lindholm though uh it's great great fit he has had a slow year so far but like i said with some better teammates he, he can up his his uh his uh offensive game and and still maintain the uh you know the, the 200 foot excellent backtracking play that he's been known for uh very much a two-way center which is that yeah again it's ideal it'll he'll it fits like a, a dream and talk it's system so yeah i love the fit and they didn't even give up too much like you look at a hunter percent for evitz a polish guy uh well obviously not with the first name hunter that is a straight north american um but, uh, he's like he's actually leaving the uh the ohl in points and he's a defenseman um so that that that's that's a bit of a but he was only drafted last year in the third round, so you know, in that sense, it's it's um, not too much to give up. Like the the, the really big pieces that the Canucks have and want to protect were uh, Jonathan Lecker, Maki, and uh, Elias Patterson, the other Elias, and uh, uh, Tom Vilander, the guy they drafted first overall in this past draft. So they they were able to save all those, and they're, they're getting rid of a, a first rounder, which is going to be a late first rounder. And what I'm hearing from this draft is that it really drops off after like pick 18 it's not like last year's draft work which is so deep but this year uh yeah if you're picking in the 20s it might as well be a second round of the way it's looking so really the, the canucks made away with it with a with a great deal so uh yeah this is a uh, it's good for both teams too like the, the flames get kuzmenko who's struggling in vancouver hardly playing under target and with a new new change of scenery he might be able to uh rejuvenate his old uh, goal scoring for me enjoyed last year and that that's good for the flames too because they could they could flip him too next year because he's, he's signed for another deal and if the flames aren't looking too good then uh that that's another that's another asset they have to get more um draft capital so yeah i think it's a win-win for both both teams uh especially the canucks especially if they get you know second third round or, or further yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I immediately went on and, and placed a, a future on the Canucks to win the cup at sixteen to one. There, that that dropped the next next day to fourteen at at best. Yeah, like you said, like Lindholm is is what the the Canucks needed. They needed another center so they can kind of have a decent top six and, and drop that that Garland line down to the third line. And and for the Flames, I mean, Kuz, I forgot how good Kuzmenko was last year. What like thirty five goals, like seventy some points. Like he's he was really good. Yeah, yeah and so now he's gonna be playing top line minutes here in Calgary with Huberto and Kadri. Maybe he'll get, he'll get those guys going. And like you said, they can either flip him next year or if he pans out there, I mean, they have Huberto Kadri locked up. They are going for a retool. So they could be you know, just a part of that, of that, of that relaunch there. Um, but yeah, this really just solidified the Canucks as a top contender mm -hmm. in, in the West for me. I have considered just going all in or not all in, but going, going pretty heavy on Tocket at, Minus one ten now to win the Jack Adams. I think, you know, as long as they win the division, he's, he has it locked up, and they could win the, the President's Trophy at this point. They could get the top seed in the West. So I feel like that's going to be only only going to get get longer as as time goes on here, unless their PDO somehow regresses as we've been waiting for. But I think they they I mean Demko's a great goalie in net. They have great shooters, so like the PDO could just be a product of their talent. So yeah, this was a, a great trip for the Canucks. Flames got back. Kuzmenko, who is somebody they could they could keep or flip. So yeah, this was a good good uh good good trade by, by both teams. I feel like, and it also also helped even out kind of the which country will win the cup, United States or Canada. This definitely even that out because the Canucks got good odds now. Leafs obviously have a chance. Jets, we'll get to them. They have a chance. And uh, come on, forget it. Uh, Edmonton. 
Edmonton. Yeah, Edmonton are, are one of the favorites now. So yeah, that's that's four Canadian teams that, that, that at least have a chance at the cup. So that that that's gotta be exciting for 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 Canada. Yeah, a couple things there. First of all, the uh, yeah, I'm not so I'm not too scared of the PDO thing anymore because as the season's gone on, the the Canucks are actually getting better in terms of their their five and five play. Special teams has been 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 solid. The goaltending has kept up. Uh, I don't I don't see the Demko just falling off now randomly. Um, and yeah, there's an interesting uh, podcast I listened to that explained uh, why it, it's such a high shooting percentage. It, it's because the Canucks are are leading so often in these games that they they don't have to like spam shots at the net, which generates the, hmm. these uh, you know, the lower shooting percentage because you're just trying to get the puck on net from anywhere because you're desperate. But because the Canucks are, I think they're leading the league or, or close to leading the league in terms of uh, time spent leading the game. They don't have to like just just whip the puck at the net like you're the Hurricanes or the Kings. You can control the play and wait for a decisive moment and wait for those better chances to come. So I think that helps explain some of that uh, PDO stuff, which is historically uh, high. Um, and the second thing, as for Talkit, I was going to bring this up later or or in the next show when you're talking about the Tuesday games. Is my plan <laughs> is uh, okay that the, the Canucks play the Hurricanes Tuesday. Um, seven o'clock eastern and then the, the oilers play the knights 10 o'clock eastern if the canucks win and the knights win that's when i'm going back to the bar mm. back to the business and betting way more talk because those odds won't move much if at all and that that's because if if talk or if, if, if uh, what's his name knoblock does not win the the uh, win record there's there's no way he's winning at all um so yeah that that's when it's it's really talk it's award to lose and minus 110 minus 120 minus 130 whatever in that range will be uh will be free money as they say because uh i think he's gonna run away with it even if even if bonus wins the president's trophy i don't i don't even think that's enough uh so yeah if, if that happens if those two results stand then that's that's the plan because uh you know those odds won't move much yeah, that, that, that's a good plan. I don't know. Had you seen Tocket anywhere better than minus one ten? I mean, I, I only have I think FanDuel available to me. And, and no, that's actually a good price. He's in maybe even money to minus one fifty. I've seen so. Okay, so maybe it's good enough. And yeah, according to uh, morehockeystats.com, the Canucks have led an average of thirty minutes and sixteen seconds per game. That, that's by far the best in the league. Canucks, or I mean, Bruins are second at twenty seven minutes, and then Kings at twenty four. It's so like half. They're been leading for half the game. Only trailing for eleven minutes per game. That's that's that, that's pretty good, and that that does explain explain that. The Kings is interesting. They're third, though. I mean, they've had the opposite problem with their their yeah. poor shooting percentage. But uh, yeah, they, they don't have a lot of goal scorers, though. That's that's their problem, I guess. And, and like the like the Hurricanes do, they just they just whip pucks at the net from anywhere. Yeah, the, the Kings get a lead, and they're up by one goal, and they just keep firing pucks to try to try to extend it, and and, and they can't because they don't have anyone to you know put the puck in the net there. Um, all right, before we get to our next trade, uh, we were sponsored by we're brought to you by the SGP Patreon. The guys just dropped this month's bonus episode behind the scenes of Sean's two hundred thousand dollar win. This week's Patreon pick and prize is a free two hundred fifty dollars Super Bowl square, plus access to all the pick sheet and exclusive channel on Discord. Head over to sportsbookpodcast.com slash Patreon and check out Underdog Fantasy. Uh, we're brought to you has, Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. No matter the sport, pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can win 100 times your money with some spicy plays. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the promo code SHGP, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code HGP. All right, you have anything else on on that trade, or you want to be okay getting over to the uh, one from Friday? Oh, I've, I, I, I'm sure I've thought of a million things, but I covered the basics uh, sufficiently, and I got a lot less on this one. So, <laughs> all right, and uh, on Friday morning, afternoon, uh, the Canadians traded Sean Monahan to the Winnipeg Jets for a first round pick, and they get a third round pick in 2027 if Winnipeg wins the Stanley Cup. So I don't know why Montreal wanted that, but whatever, uh, Montreal took on a first round pick to take Monahan's contract from Calgary last summer, two summers ago in 2022. Now they're getting a first round pick for him and the Jets, you know, just continue that Western Conference arms race, picking up Monahan, adding some, I guess, got some good center depth there behind Shifley. Cause now, now that Connor's back, they have, you know, two decent lines, top line, Connor Shifley, Velarde, second line, Perfetti, Monahan, Ehlers. That, that's 
pretty decent depth with Niederreiter, Lowler, and Appleton on the third line. Of course, they have Connor Hellbuck and Nett still. Defense, I guess, is their biggest question mark with Josh Morrissey being more of an offensive defenseman than defensive. But, I mean, as, as long as Hellebuck's a brick wall and net, this team definitely can, can go some places. So uh, they're they're second in the West right now behind Vancouver in terms of point percentage. Uh, what do you think about this trade? Yeah, it's obviously a steeper price than the, the Vancouver one considering they um, you know got a much better player and uh, the Canucks got rid of uh, a lot of cap or got some cap space by getting rid of um, Kuzmenko there. But um, yeah, I, I mean, Monaghan has been been a solid player. He's been healthy. I think he's played every game this year, uh, which is important because he's missed a lot of time the past few years, past couple of years anyway. Um, and yeah, it's but I, at the end of the day, I think it's 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 a bit of an overpay because uh, Monaghan, you know, he's had a good year this year. Um, but he's, he's still not, uh, I don't think he's a bona fide second, second center at this point. He's more of a third guy and, uh, they're asking him to play second. Cause I guess they, they want to move Velarde back to the wing, which is good, I guess. Cause that's where he's playing, um, in LA. Um, but yeah, it, it's, 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 it's okay. I mean, every time, anytime you get a, get center depth, the playoffs is good. I mean, my hand doesn't have wheels. He, he'll be a bit slow, <laughs> Especially uh, paired next to um, uh, Perfetti and Ehlers, especially Ehlers, who's got wheels of speed, wheels of uh, yeah, he's, he's a fast fucking guy. Um, so yeah, Monahan will look a little slow on that line, and maybe a little bit like Ryan Johansson uh, in Colorado, who's he's just he's he's done, he's toast. Uh, but but uh, speaking of that, that's another reason why this has happened so quickly is the, is the domino effect, right? When, when Vancouver got Lindholm, teams that were interested in him are, are starting to look elsewhere, kind of maybe a little bit panicky, you know, to, to just make sure they get somebody. And that's what this feels a little bit like to me. I mean, Shovel Dayoff has had one hell of a, of an off season. And then in the past, I don't know, uh, half a year, six, six tenths of a year. Um, really since he signed uh Shifley and hell, all right. Really since he signed, uh, or traded Dubois to get that that massive deal from the Kings, uh, which has worked out incredibly well. But this one, I'm not so impressed. But we'll see. Monahan could be a a difference maker going forward. But for now, it's it's looking a little little bit of a steep price to pay. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure they they're glad to pay the third, of course, uh, to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, that that is an interesting one. I'm, I'm not sure if I've seen that before. You know, make the Stanley Cup. I've seen that that condition, but to win it. Uh, I can't say I've seen it yeah. before, but uh, yeah, maybe Montreal are big believers in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, 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 for, yeah, it's 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 a, it's not like it's a third becomes a fourth or a fourth no. becomes a third. It's nothing. <laughs> it's it's a third round pick three years from now. Like like the, these GMs probably won't even be employed by those teams. Would yeah, be shocking. But shout out to Kent Hughes. He uh he he took on a he got a first round pick for Tariq taking on Monahan's contract when. When he was mm-hmm. injured from the Flames, and then flipped him and got another first round pick. That is ideal rebuilding um, uh, proficiency by the, the the young GM there in Montreal. So yeah, great great job in Montreal. Kind of meh on Winnipeg, but again, it, you know it, he could be the difference that that puts more at the top. We'll see. I'm definitely still strong on the Jets in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that that's what that's what they had to do they had to, for to, to get Monahan, and that's what teams like Montreal have to do when they when they're in a rebuild. You know weaponize that cap space for a first round pick and then you can you can flip them potentially and they got another first round pick here yeah it is a, it's a bit bit of a steep price and i wanted to mention it about the first round pick like you said it, it kind of drops off like like people view like first round picks as somewhat better than second round picks but in the first round the tiers are probably like you know there's a few top guys and then there's like top a top 10 and then like another top five and there's a whole bunch of guys just in the middle, depending on each team's scouting and whatnot. So like from like 25 to 50 could be, you know, every team could have them all ordered differently. So like, like a first round pick for some teams, you know, it may, may mean more than, than for others. I guess Winnipeg is one of those that they're trying to go for it this year. They're seeing Hellebuck you know, is kind of locked in. They got, they got Shifley there. They got, they got Velarde. They got, they got Perfetti taking steps forward this season. So they want to kind of capitalize on that. So yeah, I, I like that. For Winnipeg, I like that for my Winnipeg uh, Central Division future bets. And, yeah, they're, they're going to be a team, I think, to watch in the playoffs. Uh, what are their, their cup odds right now are 16-1 to 1 is the best you can get at uh, MGM. I feel like that's probably probably decent. But the West is wide open in a way where there's so many teams that could could kind of take off. But they're also 
those teams have so many flaws. Like like with with, with the Avs, you said he, he looks like Ryan Johansson, and uh, the Avs just signed Zach Parise. So that kind of shows how how panicked they are right now. Signing Maybe Parise was the domino. That was the first one to fall. <laughs> I don't know. The Flames got or the, the Canucks got panicked. They have to take Lindholm next. <laughs> yeah, what's well, Zach Parise is off the board? You got got to have things going here. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, the, yeah, Lindholm and Lindholm was clearly the best guy on on the trade on the trade bait board. T- TSN released their trade bait board on Wednesday. Lindholm was one. 10F2, Monahan three, and that's really the only good centers. You got Adam Henrique at number eight. He'll he'll get fetch a decent price, but like he, he's like a middle six guy. I could see Anaheim just waiting until the deadline and because he's the he's the only good potential second line center left, if you want to call him that. Because after that, you got Jack Roslovic, Morgan Frost is on here. I know Scott Lawden's been in been in some rumors, but there's no other good two-way centers even or, or decent two-way centers which is i guess what monahan those are all is. rentals right yeah yeah these are these are all mostly rentals um yeah for i got i got bait. one name for you that the avalanche yeah. are interested in boone jenner from the blue Boone Jack. jenner what's his what's his contract like now he's, he's, he's affordable for the abs if they move rajo at least um and yeah, he's he signed for another few years, and the oh, avalanche... that, that that's a good deal. Three point seven five million until twenty twenty six. Yeah, yeah, they'll have to yeah, pay that... up for him, but I think that's an ideal fit. And uh, I'm really hoping that happens because after that, uh, it's hard to find find strong names. Um... Let, let, let me tell you about a, about a guy named Scott Lawton. He's a, he's a great playoff, great playoff performer, great great sandpaper guy. Um, I'm hoping the Flyers can, can move him yeah. for something. The Avalanche have a long history of dealing with the Blue Jackets for whatever reason. Uh, like half the squad is like connected in some way to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't know why, but was uh, that the Duchesne trade? It went from Co- Colorado to Columbus. Uh, no, he went to the Sens first, then oh, to right, Columbus. Right, yeah. But uh, no, like J- JT Comfer, um, yeah, it's a whole bunch. Of, but yeah, it's it's uh, Boone Jenner is is one to watch as well. Um, he's he's not a rental, so it, it'll be t- tougher to gate him. You will have to pay more. But I think it could be worth it, especially with uh, you know how he plays and um, the, the, the affordability of it, and uh, mm-hmm. it's in this this cap crunch world. Yeah, because I mean, that, I was looking at the Avalanche earlier today because I was like, okay, McK- because McKinnon picked Travis Snacky. I'm like, okay, who who can we trade Connecty to to the Avs for? I was looking looking at looking at Bo, Bo Byram because you, you guys got four defensemen locked up in, in McCarr, Gerard, Manson, and Taves, and Byram's going to need need to be paid in a few years. So I mean. I can't imagine they'll, they'll they'll trade Byram, but yeah, the, the the Avs definitely need to to add a center, and that shows why the Jets went out and got Monahan. Because they're, I mean, the the pickings were were very slim, and they're even slimmer now without Lindholm and Monahan. Teams are going to have to go kind of, you know, like you said, two team two two players like like Boone Jenner that aren't rentals because there's not many good centers. There's you know decent wingers, Tarasenko potentially, Anthony Duclair. Pat Maroon's number 12 on this list. Jake Gensel, <laughs> if the Penguins fall out of it. Yeah, this this is a weak trade deadline, which yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it's 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 uh it's gonna be bleak for those guys on uh you know Sportsnet, ESPN, TSN, doing it all day long to uh see where uh Scott Lawton goes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh I want to mention this was the uh the second straight year that the Canucks kind of got a jump on things. Last year it was trading Horvat on January 30th and now January 31st they they, uh, they got they got Lindholm. Yeah, that's another point I was going to bring up. Uh Jimmy Rutherford, he, he likes to do that. He likes to get his guys early, um which makes sense cuz it gives him more time to gel with the team uh, rather than mm-hmm. just, you know, trade deadline here you go, one month away and then you're in the playoffs, uh, do or die games, but this way they get uh, almost half the season to uh, get accustomed to new environment. Uh, work in the new uh, coaching system, familiarize yourself with teammates. So yeah, that that's an even better. Um, um, yeah, that that's another good reason for why they they did it now. I mean, yeah, it sets the market too. The, the other teams have to pay more, and yeah, especially when they're dealing with with rivals, your teams that you are uh, stand a good chance of playing in the playoffs, and you make them pay more, and then they'll they get to get less, really, unless uh, you know Sidney Crosby comes comes to Denver to play with his mate. Uh, that's how you got to work it yeah um all right uh we're also brought to you by cut cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's u.s based and available in 40 states peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet bet directly against your friends or other users on sports politics pop culture and other events with verifiable outcomes plus tons of fun social features that give the feel of a betting social network like group chats betting leaderboards head-to-head history user profiles fan groups and more 
Cut offers lower VIG and fully customizable odds. You can create your own bets. Cut handles the payment side of things, so you never have to chase anyone down for money. They also get, give you cash back every time, every single time you bet against your friend or other users. Cut also allows you to list almost any kind of bet, perfect for getting action on those fun Super Bowl prop bets. Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And Hall of Fame Bets, win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by a leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right, we got some uh, another third piece of news here on uh, on this Friday with uh, the Kings uh, finally firing Todd McClellan in the midst of uh, just a horrible stretch for them. I don't have count of, of what their thing is recently, but uh, the Kings have completely fallen off since, since the first half of the season. Um, since December 28th, they are 3-8-6. and six. So, I mean, that, that sounds better because of the six loser points, but that's three wins in 17 games. I mean, that's, that's not very good after starting the season as well as they did. So McClellan is out there. After uh, what a few years there, he was named named coach in 2019, so, so almost five years. Uh, Jim Hiller named the interim. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on on the Kings' futures here under Jim Hiller? Well, he was the assistant coach, and it's always kind of weird when an assistant becomes the uh, the, the head coach. It's like if, if you were gonna do something, why didn't you do something when you're the assistant? Yeah, so it's not entirely a new voice, but yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but yeah, the, the, I think uh, McLennan was doing an ec- excellent job this year. And, you know, even when they're losing games, they're still dominating a lot of the play. And then they are a legitimately a, a playoff team. And um, this this move shows shows uh, that Rob Blake thinks so as well. Because, uh, you know, in, in this, this cap crunch world, uh, you don't have a lot of uh, money to work with. You don't have a lot of um, uh, room to maneuver to make these deals and to bring new guys in, shake up the team that way. So you have to resort to just firing the coach and hope it turns out the way that it did for the Oilers, uh, who uh, did, had a real shock to their system when they uh, fired Woodcroft and brought Knobloch in. So, yeah, the, the, the Kings are hoping to achieve the same thing here with this move. I don't think it's a statement on what McClellan's done. It's just uh, a statement that Rob Blake believes that this team can go deep in the playoffs this year and yeah he's, he's hoping that this move just just shakes up the core and gets them motivated again um just one more thing <laughs> from the chat again dilly yeah <laughs> i thought we were anticipating regression from winnipeg like last year uh i don't, I don't know if we were anticipating it i was uh wary of it let's just put it that way i mean it, it could still happen but th- there's a few different players in there a uh, few different voices. We don't have, um, you know, Blake Wheeler, who was, who was demoted from his captaincy. He could have been a, a bad egg. And then, of course, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's always sulking another bad who egg. Is a, is a bad egg. I mean, he's been proven to be a bad egg. PLB. Yeah, wherever he goes. Um, so yeah, I do think that the Jets are uh, not going to fall off like they did last year. I mean, I, I don't know if they're good enough. Hmm. I don't know. Like they're, they're so good defensively that it could mask a lot of their their other issues. But uh, yeah, they, they did all the win without Kyle Connor too, so that's got to be uh, uh, mentioned as well. Now they got another center in there, so no, I don't think the Jets will will fall off. I think that uh, if not win the division, they'll be they'll be very close right to the end. Um, so yeah, I, I think that the Jets are uh, are for real, and they they won't limp Dick in a losing four one in the first round of the playoffs uh, like last year. Yeah, and they they, have, they do have the third highest PDO at, at one point zero three one behind Boston and Vancouver. So like they they could have some regression there, but also, I mean it's it's easy to to fix their flaws when you have Hellebuck at a nine two four save percentage and, and Larry Brassois at a nine nine two six. So, I mean Hellebuck, if when you have the Vesna Trophy winning winning goalie, that's going to definitely improve your team a lot. And I I feel like the Jets were were not talked about enough for how well they played 
without Kyle Kyle Connor in in there. I mean, he's pretty much a point per game player this year. Twenty nine points in thirty one games. He Big was up. Uh, he was one of the top goal scorers before he got hurt. He was right up there with Matthews mm-hmm. and Besser. Yeah, and Cole Perfetti, big big step forward this year, thirty points in, in forty seven games. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it was a uh, distant by subtraction for for them, and that appears to be have be working out now. Yeah. So, your thoughts on McClellan then? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm kind of surprised. I was, while you were talking there, I was looking if Hiller was like named the coach for now or for the remaining of the season. Remainder of the season it appears to be the remainder of the season because I don't know. I, I feel like this would have been a perfect spot to bring in someone like Craig Berube. He's done it before. He's done, did it with the Blues. The, it's a veteran team that would respect him because you know, yeah, like you said, like bringing an assistant coach is a weird dynamic, especially with veterans like Kopitar and Dowdy. Like those guys are probably the real leaders in the locker room and, and like on the ice and whatnot for them. So, but yeah, the King the Kings had to do something. I mean, we talked about this I think for a few weeks now. If McClellan McClellan could could be fired, and they they were never able to turn it around. So now's the time to do it. Like they're still. I think in a in a playoff spot, they're still very likely to make the playoffs, but they they had to they had to make a change before they fell out of a spot. Yeah, right now they're in the top wild card spot. Blues behind them by two points. Predators behind them by two points with two more games played. So they've fallen from you know a top team in the West to that kind of mismatch of the, this three or four or five wild card teams that could could make the playoffs. So I, I feel like you know getting rid of McClellan, the coach always you know. It falls on the sword because you can't you can't fire all the players. But McClellan didn't do enough to to make make adjustments to to get the team back on track. They have still been playing you know decent hockey when you look at their expected goals numbers. But you know sometimes you, you go cold for twenty games and the coach pays the price. So I feel like that's what that's what happened here. Uh, also and the goaltending goaltending just totally yes, fell I, off. <laughs> I, I was just about to say that and Cam Talbot, who I was I was you know saying could be a Vezina Trophy finalist in, in the first half and looked that way just. He showed his age. He's been showing his age and their backups. Copley's out for the year and big save Dave now has come in. I think been been okay, but he hasn't been great. So yeah, get, getting a, you know, kind of a getting back into place here. They're they're 23, 15, and 10. They have more losses than wins this season. Uh they're over hockey 500, but under actual 500. So yeah, they now have a month to set things straight. And if they don't, maybe they're a team that, you know, could be one of these teams that, that you know kind of buys and sells at the at the deadline. Yeah, getting Arvidsson in the back will be big too. He's one of their their better goal scorers, which is uh, what they need desperately. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, other other hockey news today. Uh, you're very happy about the Olympics. NHLers are going back to the Olympics in 2026 and 2030. So the both next two Olympics also going to be a Four Nations tournament next year in 2025 between U.S., Canada, Finland, and Sweet. one other country. Sweden, that, that makes sense. Yeah, Sweden. So yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, uh, yeah. Olympics obviously are, are fantastic to be back. It, it it sucks that we we missed out on the the past two, but you know, Gary Bettman finally gets something right. Every, every, broken clock is right, right twice a day. So you know, Gary Bettman doing that kind of you know, it, it's always good. Uh, so yeah, what are your thoughts? Looks like McDavid just won the million dollars at the uh, the skills competition. Of course he did. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. No. Obviously, I'm I'm ecstatic about the uh, NHL going back to the Olympics. As you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Olympic sports and getting getting hockey in there with all the big boys. Uh, that'll be huge. I haven't had it since since Sochi, I believe. Uh, you know, it was still fun. You know, in the last one with the uh, the, the, the the Chinese KHL team representing China, <laughs> it was wild. And the Germans going far, and of course, the, making a lot of money on the Finns. That was very nice. But no, get, getting the real guys back there, uh, absolutely huge. Players love it. They've been pushing for a while. Um, the uh, the IIHF I hear are paying a lot of money for this to happen. So bet, even Batman and the owners are are actually uh, in okay spot, letting uh, their 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 products uh, vanish for a couple of weeks uh, overseas. Um, no, it, it's, it's absolutely incredible. We get to see McKinnon and McDavid play on the same team. Uh, hopefully Crosby's still around. He should be only two years away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, no, the, it's oh, the Olympics. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're talking about that now, right? We're not, I, I mean, you, yeah. Whichever. I mean, four nations. Uh, uh, yeah. Olymp- Olympics is, is what matters more. 
Yeah, yeah. The Four Nations thing, I'm just happy because it's way better than the fucking All Star break, and uh, that's what replaces it. So uh, that, that's well, yeah, good. My only issue with, with the Four Nations Four Nations thing is like I feel like it's just make it six. Do like a, a North American under twenty three team again, or under twenty four, whatever you want to make it, and no, a rest of world and, and a rest of world team. You uh, don't like that? Didn't work last time. I don't. I don't want to repeat that mistake. Um, obviously, it didn't, work, it didn't work last time. That was that was one of the, they were the most fun team of the tournament. Fun, fun. I'm not. I'm fun. not into fun. I'm into. If you don't uh, like fun. Sorry. Uh, no. uh, we, uh, we 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 took, a, we, took, we took a week break, and I, I forgot how how much Joel hates fun. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see more. More. Uh, countries in there i'd rather see more countries in there or at least add one like rest of world or like team europe or something yeah i kind of buy team europe um with with russia but obviously the geopolitical thing with russia makes yeah. it hard to do although i, I think the russia will still be in the olympics because they will compete under the uh the uh i don't know the ioc the, the white the white olympic flag whatever mm -hmm. the olympic athletes from russia i think they, they call them um so yeah, hopefully that that's at least able to happen. If they can't compete under the Russian flag, it's still two years away, so things can change. But yeah, four nations that's that's cool. Uh, always like to see the you know the, the, the Canadian team play together, the, the elite talent. Like you know, we can talk for a while about the the, the actual rosters. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. Canadians are uh, deficient in goaltending. With looking at uh, Talon's boy Connor Ingram, maybe being <laughs> the best Canadian goalie right now. Um, especially after Carter Hart's uh, fiasco, um, yes. but uh, yeah, and Americans are stacked. Oh, we can go on about that, but no, I'm actually I'm absolutely thrilled, absolutely pumped. Uh, I, I love I love the Olympics, and I, I love the uh, the gold medal game. It's, it's like the, the it's, it's like usually in the the second last day or last day of events, so it's like the uh, the crowning moment, the pinnacle, the crescendo, the climax of the Olympics. It makes perfect sense. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm so down. It's it, it's fun watching the uh, the ex NHLers, the KHLers, the SHLers, the DEL DELers, <laughs> all these other non NHLers play at the Olympics and the couple of Pride tournaments. But no, it's nothing like the real thing. Uh, yeah, so looking forward to another um, golden goal moment with like uh, Sidney Crosby in Vancouver in 2010 um, or whenever that was. I think it was 2010. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. absolutely pumped. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exciting to, to have that back. Uh, it's good that it's going to be in Italy. Italy is uh, six hours ahead of the East, so it should be, you know, I would imagine games in the morning through the afternoon. I imagine that the big games would be like you know, 7 p.m. their time or, or later, so you get it the afternoon. Eastern morning, uh, morning Pacific, so that, 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 that's good to see. It's not like in some weird country it's going to be the middle of the night, so that, that that's good there. Australia will have to stay up all night again. <laughs> Yeah, I have to just change my sleep schedule for for, for yeah. that for that month of month of Olympics there. Yeah, uh, there's going to be two cities for the Four Nations, one in Canada and one in the uh, United States that they have not been announced yet. But something interesting about the uh, the rink in Italy is going to be built to NHL size, not Olympic size. So that could even add more of an advantage for Canada and North and United States over you know Russia or whatever Russia plays under, or other teams like that. Also, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be great seeing the contrasting styles between you know Canada with no goaltending and and team the team gonna say who's gonna have a, a few guys to choose from. I mean, Halibut will still be decent, I think, in two years. Ottinger could be the number one by then. Like they'll they'll have uh, it'll, it'll be great. American, right? Swayman is American. Yeah, they they have plenty of options. It's just great to see best on best hockey. It, it does suck that we weren't able to see that during the past ten years during some of these players' primes, and it would have been really exciting. Yeah, no doubt. As for the NHL or size rink, that that's that's good because you know you'd think with the bigger sheets of ice, you'd see more more speed, more um, you know, space, whatever. But it turns into more of a passing game, kind of like three on three, uh, which is no fun. But the NHL size makes it more more intense, more more cramped in terms of spacing. So uh, you get some more hitting, and uh, it's it's ultimately faster in the end that way, a little a little bit more. Um, if, if you think about it, just think of like the, the UFC, whatever, or, or for fighting where you have a huge cage or compared to like a tiny little cage where they could just like smash each other. So hmm. that's the advantages of the, the NHL size rink to me over the international. Yeah, we can go on for this about, about hours, I'm sure. I'm sure we will. When we have Talon back next week, we'll probably discuss this again. I know he's pumped about it. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll start training again and be ready to be Team Canada's goalie in two years. <laughs> There'd definitely be worse options out there. 
Um, all right, you want to you want to touch on Monday's games here? We do, we do have lines out for them. Uh, you did, did mention that. You want to do that or want to just, just? I'll go real quickly. Um, I got nothing on the Isles Leafs. Uh, but... Yeah, Isles Leafs. Uh, Isles at the Leafs. The Leafs are going to be home now after the All Star break. I did look last year after the All Star game in Florida. Uh, the Panthers beat the Lightning seven one coming out of that. So I do think the Leafs do have an advantage. I put a small bet on them on the puck line plus one thirty six. All right. Sounds right. Um, but the other one, I love the over. <laughs> and for obvious reasons. I mean, where where are Shusterkin and and where's like uh, your give right now? Um, no, they're, they're at the All Star game. And this is uh, this is the, most teams at least get two days off after the after the game. This is just uh, mm-hmm. one day off, and then, then they're back at it. And uh, so obviously it should be the backups. I mean, we mentioned Jonathan Quick has had an excellent year, but uh, maybe not so much lately. And he's had a lot of time off. Who knows where the fuck he went? Maybe he went down to Cabo, Hawaii, whoever, wherever. Uh, he's yeah. not going to be the best shape. And then the Avs, it'll be Eustace Anunin or, or Prosvitov, neither of which are any good. Uh, so this number is, is going to go over six and a half. Uh, got even money. It'll, it'll rise over the course of um, mostly on Monday, I imagine as the goalies are announced. But either way, it's an avalanche avalanche game anyway. And maybe McKinnon, McCarr will be a little slow, whatever. But uh, the Avs are not playing good defense. And if, if things continue the way they were for the past few weeks before the All-Star break, this this one is going to sail over. Uh, Rangers are, are still good on the power play, though it's kind of come down a little bit. So, yeah, I, I, that's the only bet I've made so far. The Avalanche Rangers over six and a half at even money uh, is, is, uh, is a good bet, I think. Yeah, you can still get that at a plus 110 at FanDuel, even money DraftKings, but MGM, it is up to minus 106 on Camby Books. Yeah, if you can get plus money on that. I mean, these are both teams that have mostly gone over this season. Avs 29-18-2, Rangers 26-21-2. And, and it should be the backups, like you said. I mean, unless, you know, Gorgiev and Shesterkin are going to be talking this weekend and I kind of want to go at it on Monday. But either way, I feel like the over, because it's going to be probably a lot of sloppy play there. Um, yeah, I don't know when when teams are like allowed to travel for the All Star break. Either. Like I know there's that rule uh, at the holiday break, but I don't know if like teams can like can the Avs get into New York on Sunday? Like like I, I don't know what the situation is. I think as long as the players get the requisite break, it's all good. Um, yeah, I'm sure that they'll all be back by with their teams by by the the Sunday. I guess maybe yeah. not. I don't know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Right. Anything else you want to touch on here? Any, any any futures on the tip of your time? Anything before we close it out? Yeah, I mean, uh, Talon and I are rooting for a lot of the same, or one of the, one of the same person in, in the golf tournament, the, the Pebble Beach. Um, well, we got Justin Rose, who's kind of fallen off a bit, and Ludwig Aberg. Uh, he, he's currently tied for the lead. I got Thomas Dietrich in the lead. He's I got him at two hundred twenty-five to one. It's he's not going to win, but it's it's fun. He's fun rooting for him. He's down to twelve to one now, so uh, that that's fun. And then then Town has like you know all the big dogs: Cantlay, um, Shoffley. Uh, he's out of it, and Scheffler though he's he's tough lead as well. So uh, Town's in good shape. I'm in you know not the best shape, but I've got all these crazy long odds. So uh, hopefully uh, one of them comes through. So that's what I'm rooting for on the weekend with with not much else going on. And one more word on the the NBA MVP. Uh, what was it? Three weeks ago? Two weeks ago? I mentioned uh, MB for MVP, but with the stipulation that he's got to play all sixty five games. And now with this knee injury, it's not looking likely. Uh, he's probably done, almost certainly done. So when that happens, you know, all the equity, all the win probability went straight to Jokic, which makes sense. You know, in the last draw poll, he was second, and he's the natural. Uh, conclusion most came to when if it's not a beat, it's, it's got to be Jokic, and that's where all the money went immediately. I kind of disagreed because SGA was still around the same price. You know, maybe a little bit went to Giannis, a little bit went to jo- uh, Doncic, but SGA was like still plus three fifty, plus four hundred. So that's where I that's where I put my my stake. Uh, I think he's still around three to one, and um, and the reasoning is that Jokic right now, yeah, yeah, he'd win. He's in the lead, but. Uh, He's not exactly playing the um, the best. I mean, he's he's got all these these great underlying numbers and all these these stats. But uh, and if he was against Embiid, I think that they would give it to Jokic if it was close, just because of how it went last year and with Jokic winning the the title and Embiid going home fairly early. And so they would just just go with Jokic because he he earned that 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 trust. He he proved he was the better player, uh, but. And beat or Jokic versus SGA is a bit different because we have a new a new face in town. We know the love the voters 
love to award something new. They love to see and recognize something new. And SGA is that with, with Jokic already winning um, two MVPs. So I think SGA is very live. I think they are both. They should be priced about equally. So a three to one. I think that if you want to go to the go to the well with with Joel's MVP bet once again, then that, that that's that's the way I'd be looking. Um, and I'm, I'm, as far as I know, he doesn't have an injury histories. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder are rolling right now. They just beat the Nuggets without Jokic, to be fair. But um, yeah, I think SGA is is very live for this award. I don't think the Jokic should be a minus number. Yeah, yeah. Jokic is up to minus one fifty-five as high as that. I say SGA. Yeah, uh, seems seems like a good handicap by you there. I'm ha- happy you guys got golf back. You know, it's always good to hear you guys talk about it. Uh, Talon takes you know five of the biggest favorites and, and puts a few bucks on them each, and he c- comes out win- winning sometimes. So yeah, it's all that's all. It's always good good to have have back for you guys. Yeah, well, it's a week early for me because there's fuck all going on this weekend. So I thought, hey, I might as well throw down some some golf bets. And actually, I actually won this tournament last last year with with Justin Rose. So uh, I do have some success betting this one. Um, but yeah, I thought I only started going off at the uh, the Phoenix during the Super Bowl week. But apparently, no, I, I do bet before then. <laughs> and my my memory is not what it used to be. That's what I thought too. I, I saw you post your plays in, in the Discord, and I was like, I, I don't think Joel's betting golf yet. I guess he is. I guess, I guess he's I guess he's that forward this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's nothing else going on really. Yeah. Um, all right. Make sure you subscribe to the Hockey Podcast on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Five star rating and review. I'll read it here at the end of the show. Also, if you are a Flyers fan or want to hear more content, I did start a broad, the Broad Street Hockey Podcast this week. Two episodes are out, uh, one from earlier this week, one from later this week. Very Flyers-centric, so I have another place to talk Flyers now. I won't for you guys with all this, uh, this talk. Is it a solo pod, or who are you with? No, a, a few of the different uh, Broad Street Hockey writers. There's going to be a, a kind of a, a cycling host there. Make sure, you, make sure you check that out if you're a Flyers fan or if you're just desperate for to hear more of my voice for some reason. Go ahead. Mrs. M, I know she's listened to it a few times already. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, get in Discord, sg.pn slash Discord. Follow us on Twitter at HockeySGPN. Should be back to our like, regularly scheduled programming next week with uh, big, big Tuesday, eight games Tuesday, seven games Thursday, 13 games Saturday. So we'll, we'll at least go three times next week. Uh, so make sure you guys are subscribed and all that good stuff. Um, all right, I'm Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. I'm Joe Martin. Uh, you find me not watching the All Star game. Yeah, I, I unfortunately will because I'm too sick of it. See ya. <laughs>